We're going to open up today's show to questions and comments from you, the listeners, and see what's on your mind for a change. What your thoughts are, both positive and negative, about the moves and the non-moves that this team has made so far this offseason. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So whether it's on iTunes, you can go to Spotify, Google Podcast. If you don't do that, you can always find us on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, welcome into another edition of Locked on Cardinals, and today's episode is going to be more of a an interaction episode because these shows aren't live radio gigs, which is what I'm used to, okay, where I can, you know, take your phone calls and just answer texts immediately. Like, I don't have that capability. Um, so what I can do is take, you know, the tweets that you send me and the comments that you leave in the comment section on the YouTube videos and we can have some back and forth that way. I, I try to respond to as many of the uh, comments that are listed there on YouTube. But some of them I got to save so that when we do episodes like this, you know, we have something to talk about. I don't want to, you know, blow everything there and then this be just kind of repeating stuff we already said. So, um, again, though, I do want to applaud you, the listeners, for all your support and your feedback and your willingness to be a part of this whole podcast YouTube show that we call Locked on Cardinals. It's been really, really fun since I uh, jumped into this thing uh, near the end of the summer. And uh, things have been going great, man. Uh, you guys are awesome. Our, our numbers are going up. So everybody's really happy. And uh, I do want to remind you that if you are a fan of other teams like, say, the Blues, or you still follow the Rams in the NFL or the Arizona Cardinals, I encourage you to browse around on the Locked on Network. We've got a lot of talented hosts out there that are covering the NFL, the NBA, NHL, college teams. Uh, we do, we've got Locked on Mizzou, um, a, lot of, a lot of different ones that are available. So if you got some time off for the holidays, you're looking for something to listen to while you're playing video games or you're wrapping presents or cooking, whatever it may be, try throwing on one of those podcasts for a couple of minutes. See if you like what you hear. All right, moving on. Let's talk baseball, shall we? All right, here we go. Up first. Uh, we have a lot of comments about the Wilson Contreras signing, which is obviously huge in Cardinal Nation. Um, I would say nine out of ten of the comments that we got about Wilson were positive. Uh, the Guster says, I think there are similarities with Yachty along the lines of leadership and competitive nature. If he can do 50% of what Yachty did defensively and calling a game, then it's a huge win, provided he can hit consistently like he has in the past. Uh, Guster, thank you so much for, uh, for, for chiming in there. Uh, the calling the game thing, that is something that I, I feel will come with time as he gets more and more comfortable with his new pitching staff. You know, I mean, he hasn't worked with these guys before, uh, things I've read and heard about his ability behind the plate. 
it's all been positive. I haven't heard anybody going like, yeah, he kind of stinks at this. I mean, it's not in another player's nature to rip on another guy that he played with, but um, Jose Quintana obviously thought he was worthy of uh, being brought in. Uh, John Lester, who uh, is usually a pretty grouchy kind of guy from what I've gathered, uh, liked him and had nothing but nice things to say about him. And it's not like he's going to be in charge of like some young staff, you know, where it's a bunch of 23 and 24 year old guys who are, are just getting their feet wet in the pros. I mean, we're talking about Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, Steven Matz, Jordan Montgomery, even Flaherty. Flaherty's been around for a number of years now. I, I don't think they're going to be afraid to shake Wilson Contreras off if he calls for a curveball and they want to throw a fastball. I, I don't feel like that's going to be a problem. And the more that they all work together, the more they won't have to do those sorts of things, right? Um, I, I just don't think the negative stuff that we've heard about Wilson Contreras' defensive play is going to outweigh what he brings to the table offensively. I mean, this is a veteran rotation. They'll, they'll get in a groove together at some point. May not come out of the gate like knowing exactly what the other person wants, but they'll figure it out. I mean, they're professionals. They're the best at what they do on this planet. And it's another. It's not like Contreras can't improve at things either. I, I still don't understand the narrative there too, where, well, he's not great at framing pitches. And what? why can't he get better at that if that's such a problem? You know? Like he's not beyond learning some new tips and techniques to improve any portion of his game. And when you heard him at the press conference, he, he didn't come off like someone who is above working at improving things that he's done in the past. In fact, it sounded like the opposite where he wants to soak in as much knowledge as he can from his new teammates and his new coaching staff. So I'm not sweating that stuff at all. Uh, Kyle Batson on Wilson Contreras. Dude, Wilson got me pumped. I'm excited to see him in Cardinal Red. He was always a, a scary at bat against the birds on the bat and can't wait to see him smack one over the Ivy in Chicago. Kyle, I love it. If you were here right now, I would fist bump you and chest bump you into oblivion. I like that energy. That's good. And I think that's something that attracted the Cardinals to Contreras in the first place uh, is the energy and the type of guy that he is. Uh, he's passionate. Uh, the competitiveness to win each and every day. Uh, I think they were drawn to that attitude, which is something that we've become accustomed to with you know two decades of Yadier Molina. Uh, some people don't think clubhouse chemistry is that big a deal. And I say nay. I think it's a very important thing. Um, maybe not as important in a baseball clubhouse as it might be, say, in the locker room of a, a hockey team or a basketball team where there's less players. But I'm still a believer in it 100%. I, I think the anomaly is actually teams that win despite not getting along with each other. Um, to, to put this into a non-professional athlete uh, sort of terms, uh, this is their job, right? You know, we know they get paid well. It's a game. I get it. But it's their job. And even though it's still a game and just like any work environment, the more that you like your coworkers and you enjoy their company, the more fun that job is, right? Like when you're around somebody who's a stick in the mud at work and is just kind of annoying, you don't really want to be there, do you? When it's the fun guy or gal and you guys are having a, a good time together and laughing and smiling, it makes the workplace a lot better and your work production usually goes up. And I, I think it's the same in, in, in baseball and in any sport that um, 
the more that you like the people who are around you, the better you're going to do together. And from what I've seen thus far, Contreras appears to be a nice fit. And, you know, just like Kyle, I, I can't wait to see him rip a home run over the Ivy and Wrigley wearing red instead of blue. Here's a thought, though, and I, I thought about this and I didn't really bring it up in a podcast yet, but do you think when Wilson Contreras makes his appearance in a Cardinal uniform for the first time at Wrigley Field that he gets booed? Do you think they boo him? You know, I mean, he did decline the Cubs qualifying offer. It's not like they didn't give him a chance to come back. Um, and see, he turns that down and then immediately signs with their arch nemesis, the Cardinals. Uh, we've had a situation like this before, but we weren't nearly as attached to, you know, Jason Hayward or, or John Lackey who bolted St. Louis to go to Chicago. And, um, also remember they had that tearful goodbye. Remember it was Ian Happ and, uh, and Wilson Contreras and they waved to the crowd and they embraced each other and they were crying and it was very emotional and they thought they were both getting traded at the deadline. Then neither one of them got moved. So I I don't know how the reaction's going to be because, I mean, they gave him a standing ovation when he came out and waved to the crowd. And they loved him in Chicago. But now he's a Cardinal and he's wearing the red. I don't know. He might get booed. He might get booed. And I, I would imagine just not knowing Wilson Contreras, but just seeing the way he reacts, he might laugh a little bit when it, when it happens. Cause I don't think they really hate him. They're just mad that he's a Cardinal. He probably could have gone to any other team except maybe the white Sox, and he would have been all right, but now he might get booed. So curious what that reaction will be when the cards go to Chicago. First time that happens, by the way, uh, May 8th through the 10th which is uh, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday game, if I remember correctly. Uh, we've got more to get to on this episode of Locked on Cardinals. Uh, next, uh, we're going to talk about reactions to the Cardinals missing out on Carlos Rodon. That uh, signing happened last night. And who were some of the guys you wish would walk through that door for the team in 2023? Now, the holidays bring tons of family fun and food into our lives. And if you're someone who has a bit of a sweet tooth, like myself, I didn't used to, but then I got married and my wife loves sweets, which makes me love sweets now as well. And we know how difficult that it can be this time of year. You've uh, you've got them all over the place, right? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you put down that cookie and you try something that tastes great, can cure the sweets craving and is good for you. Grab a Built Bar. That's what we're talking about. Specifically, one of their new flavors. I'm a huge guy uh, on granola bars. I, I love oatmeal. I love granola bars. I, I dig it. I like it when they have fruit and all kinds of stuff in them. And Built has jumped into the granola bar game with their new white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built Steak on the granola bar, so it's going to be more filling and still insanely tasty. And if you haven't tried the puffs yet, wait till you get a load of the candy cane brownie unbelievable puff oh my gosh puffs they're they're like you know how like a three musketeers is like kind of soft and and delicious like that that's how these puffs are and i can't keep them around the house because the wife crushes them so they they're they're in they're out and i hardly get any of them they're light they're delicious and they just go quick uh built has been revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with their 100 real chocolate built bars they include 17 grams of protein in them and shockingly low sugar and calories. It's everything you want in a sweet snack without all the bad stuff that comes along with that. And you don't have to choose just one flavor. You can order one of their mix boxes and try a few all at once and then decide which one's your favorite and then order a full box of that. Right now, you can get 15% off your order by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. That's LOCKEDON15 
at built.com. Save yourself some money. Built, you got to try this. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked, check out Locked on Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming into this offseason, we had three main things that I think we thought as a collective fan base that the Cardinals should look into and, and pursue a catcher, which they got, an ace-like pitcher to add to the rotation, and an impact bat. The catcher and the impact bat came in one package, which was Wilson Contreras. The team may or may not have had discussions with top free agent shortstops, but their prices skyrocketed and there wasn't a pressing need to add a shortstop like there was the pressing need to add a catcher. It just wasn't there. You already have Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan, who I'm guessing can play some shortstop if you need him to, Nolan Gorman, and like it or not, Paul DeYoung is still on this roster and on this payroll. Plus, you've got prospect Mason Wynn in waiting, who uh, people just tore me apart for wanting to trade. I didn't say I wanted to trade him. I just said I would have traded him if it meant you could get one of those big pieces that you wanted. So that leaves a bona fide number one on the shopping list still, right? And then after Jacob DeGrom and Justin Verlander signed their deals, which the Cardinals weren't going to do that. Uh, no, they're not going into 35 and $43 million a year deals. Um, there was hope the Cardinals would make a run at a guy that they were rumored to have interest in at the trade deadline last year, and that was Carlos Rodon, who uh, is leaving the San Francisco Giants. Last night, he signs a deal with the New York Yankees for what I think is a pretty nice deal for both sides. Six years, $162 million. I mean, I initially, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. I thought it, it was a typo because I thought he was looking for seven years. And if he got that, he was going to go for like $200 million or more. I really thought that's where it was going to land. But it didn't. And I was a bit upset <laughs> because six years at $162 million seems like a pretty feasible number for the Cardinals to get in on. And I, I made my disappointment very well aware and well-known last night in uh, our last episode. So if you haven't watched that one, might want to go back there. I don't get upset or discouraged or angry all that often, but last night I was kind of like, oh, well, well, upsetting. So here are some of your reactions from others about the Carlos Rodon signing and it being not with St. Louis. Now, Hal Lurig says, I was initially upset too, J.D. Then I recalled what MLB insiders were reporting that Rodon wanted to end up with the Yankees. So no matter if the Cardinals offered the same deal or even a slightly better AAV, Rodon had his mind made up. As a side, I love your podcast. All right. Well, thank you very much, Hal. Uh, appreciate you listening and leaving a comment. And I did say that last night in the video that maybe Rodon just had his heart set on being a New York Yankee. Okay. And, and there's not much you can really do about that if you're the Cardinals front office to change his mind. I mean, you're not going to go all Padres like uh, like they did on Xander Bogarts, like who I'm assuming was considering going back to the Red Sox. And the Padres are like, oh, we'll do anything. Here's 11 years. Take our money. And he's like, oh, okay. Calm down, San Diego. So that's a bit of a drag, you know, that they weren't able to uh, get Carlos Rodon locked up. And I, I read this thing, too. If you think we feel bad, did you guys hear the story about the Red Sox and uh, and Scott Boris and what happened with this whole signing? Because apparently Scott Boris, Scott Boris, who represents Rodon, by the way, 
actually finalized the deal for Rodon and the New York Yankees while he was eating with the Boston Red Sox. They were together still following the press conference for the uh, outfielder, Masataka Yoshida, who had signed with Boston. They got him from uh, overseas. And I guess after the press conference happened, they were all kind of together. They were eating a buffet and whatnot. And Boris was at work trying to help the Yankees while he was with the Red Sox. Can you imagine if something like that happened between like the Cardinals and the Cubs? Like if Boris was actually with the Cubs that day when he got Contreras a contract, you know, just imagine if it happened that way. That'd have been nuts, right? And I realize the Cardinals can't sign everyone, and I don't pretend that they can. They're not going to be like the Mets, who, by the way, have you seen these numbers? Projected opening payroll, $353 million. $353 million. That's their projected opening day payroll in 2023. Yankees behind them at 288. Phillies at 242. uh, Padres at 233. Blue Jays, 228. The Mets tax bill projected, by the way, alone is at $84.2 million, which is more than what the Orioles, the Pirates, and the A's payroll is projected at. They're going to pay in tax more than what those franchises are paying their players and payroll. That's absurd and just stupid to me. Is it not? Like, how bad is this going to get at some point? I tell you, I still... No players don't want to hear it, but I still think a cap and definitely a floor because these teams shouldn't have be able to pay that little amount of money for their payroll. And these other teams, I think, are ridiculous that they can pay $353 million. I think that's absurd, man. For what it's worth, the Cardinals are projected at number 15, 179, right in the middle, right in the middle. And I just don't know how you compete with these teams who are willing to spend whatever it takes to grab every free agent that becomes available. Like they don't care that the money is nothing to them. The Cardinals have the money, but they just choose not to run their franchise this way. Commendable or stupid. I'll let you be the judge on that. I just, I just wish they'd go a little more. Like I was really hoping they might take it to 200 million this year and could have really added some extra pieces. I mean, just a little more. And the idea of a parade happening would be a little bit more realistic, at least in my eyes. So who are some people that the fans want? Because I I get those comments all the time about, hey, what about this guy and this guy and this guy? Well, we'll get into that next on Locked on Cardinals. Now, holiday parties can be a ton of fun, right? We have a great time. You're hanging out with friends. You're throwing back a few drinks. But sometimes a few becomes too many. And the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think about calling for a ride, but you live nearby and you think you'll just make it home okay. No big deal. But what are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway, right? That's what you think to yourself. I'll be fine. And even so, what's the worst thing that could happen to you if you do get pulled over? Your insurance is going to go up. You lose your license. You lose your job. Uh, What if you get a car accident? What if you get a car accident and you total your car? Or what if you kill someone other than yourself? Like, bad stuff. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk, yet people still do it. People still do it. They get behind the wheel while under the influence, and the results are often tragic and deadly. So that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead. Get yourself a ride. Call one of these ride services, okay? It is way cheaper 
and way smarter than having to risk driving drunk and hurting yourself, somebody else, all of it. It's just not worth it, you guys. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. I discussed some free agent outfielders in yesterday's show that I thought would be realistic additions to this team that appears to be set to roll out Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, and Lars Newbar as their starting outfield. And that is absolutely fine by me. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be starting. I've never said that. Ton of upside on all of them. You guys know I have a bromance with Tyler Broneal. I love that dude. I think he can be a game changer. Carlson, one bad year. I'm not going to, you know, crap on him all the time because of that. He was playing with hand injuries. Makes it a little bit tough to, to swing a baseball bat when you've got something going on with your hand. Uh, new bar. Obviously, we saw some good stuff out of him last year. But who else do people want to add to this roster? If they don't feel like those guys are enough, who else do you want to add? Well, two names before we get into these that you can remove from the list. They just got signed. Joey Gallo and Andrew Benintendi. Both signed today. Gallo's going to the Twins on a one-year, $11 million deal. Benintendi with the White Sox, five years, $75 million. So, like in Major League, cross them off then. Hobby Gangsters. Hobby Gangsters. Cool name, man. Uh, says, hey, J.D., love your podcast. Love to hear what you think about these free agents signing hitters. Uh, David Peralta, Jerickson Profar, Brandon Drury, and a sneaky pick, Edwin Rios. All right, so Hobby, once again, thank you for uh, the question in the comment and listening. Appreciate you, dude. I think you're a dude. Could be a girl. Appreciate you, whatever you are. Uh, David Peralta is a name that I had circled early on in this offseason, but I don't know how much he's going to cost because a lot of times I'll go to Spot Track and I'll they'll they'll have like estimated of what they're worth out on the open market. Um, left-handed outfielder, solid major leaguer, but they got him making over $8 million, and I, at that price, I don't think the team will pay that. Could they get him for less than make him the new Corey Dickerson for 2023? Sure. I, I wouldn't hate that whatsoever. I've always been a fan of David Peralta. Uh, doesn't do anything spectacular, but he doesn't hurt you. And he's got, like, sneaky pop. Like, he doesn't hit a ton of home runs, but the dude is jacked. So um, I wouldn't hate that move. Jerkson Profar, um, I like his versatility but I think he'll get signed for starter money. I feel like somebody's going to overpay for a Jerickson Profar. Uh, SpotTrack has him estimated at over $14 million per year, so the Cardinals aren't going to dip into that. Uh, Brandon Drury had a career year last year, did a lot of damage with the Reds, and we know their ballpark is kind of a joke, <laughs> notoriously good for hitters. Uh, he could play both infield and outfield, so that's a plus. So he's certainly someone to keep an eye on, but again, his market's estimated at $10 million, and I don't think the Cardinals are going to try to pay that much money for a guy who's not a starter. You know, um, I just don't think they'll do that. Uh, Rios is a name I really haven't heard brought up that much, which is why it kind of stands out to me. I know he's a left-handed hitter. He uh, plays the corners, has dabbled a little bit in the outfield. Obviously wouldn't cost much. He's very, very cheap. So this actually seems like a very mo low-hanging fruit type of move, doesn't it? Like, this seems like a guy, Mosaic will be like, yeah, that's what we're talking about. I personally would hope they would aim higher than somebody like Rios, but again, they've got a lot of young talent. Like, think about this, okay? Let me just put this out here for you guys real quick. These are like the young hitters on the team 
who can play multiple positions. All right. You've got Nolan Gorman, second, third DH, right? Brennan Donovan, who can play pretty much everywhere. We just didn't see him catch last year. Uh, Juan Yepes plays both corner infields and both corner outfields. Will Paul DeYoung contribute this year? I don't know. I mean, odds are against that, but he's on your roster, so you've got him as another one of the, the middle infielders. Uh, you got a bunch of outfielders here, guys. Tyler O'Neill, who plays left and center. Carlson play can play all three. Newt Bar can play all three. Uh, mentioned Yepes, who can play in the corners. Donovan plays all three of them if you need him to, uh, probably preferably in, in the corners, but I'm sure he could pull off center field if you need him to in a pinch. Um, Alec Burleson. Alec Burleson had a, had a great year at Memphis. Outfielder, Moises Gomez. All he did was hit 39 bombs between AA and Memphis last year. And, and then you've got that guy, uh, Jordan Walker, who's ready to play right field for you as well. There's just a lot of guys with a lot of talent. We just don't know if they're going to produce next year. We think that they will produce over the long run, but we don't know what's going to happen in 2023. Now, those last three that I mentioned, Burleson, Gomez, Walker, you could start all three of them at Memphis to begin the year, right? And then the Cardinals could pluck some veterans to be the backup outfielders instead. The thing is, you don't want to block them in case they, you know, are ripping the cover off the ball at Memphis. You don't want to not be able to bring them up to the team so they can contribute to winning games at the major league level. So it's kind of a slippery slope on where you want to go with this because you don't want to pay for a veteran and then have to cut him and pay him anyway. So you don't want to waste money, right? So um, it's kind of a good problem to have, I suppose. You just you just really hope that all of these guys can produce at the level that you expect them to. It's really kind of the thing. Uh, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Uh, starting next week, you guys, we're going to be scaling back the amount of shows per week to three. Uh, it's kind of like our own winter break, if you will. But, you know, if something big happens, like a trade or a signing or something needs to be talked about, obviously we'll we'll jump on here as fast as I can and uh, put something together for everyone. But I just want to give you a heads up. Uh, if you don't have a show on Monday, nothing is wrong. <laughs> Everybody's okay. Everybody's still employed. It's nothing like that. It's just uh, our chance to, to scale things back a little bit around the holidays before uh, we gear up for spring training and stuff like that. So just wanted you guys to be aware. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. Have a great weekend. <laughs>